Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Championship Week Edition. Chris Vaccaro's here. Or oh, I thought he What's was. Oh, there he is. No, I'm still here. <laughs> still right. here, Nando. That's right. You didn't lose me. I didn't. I didn't know if you were going to keep going. But, Leave him uh, wanting Welcome more. to Championship Week, my friend. How are you? How are you doing? I've been better. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, yeah. You're. I mean, you're one of the most accomplished fantasy football players. I think you're allowed a down season or two. Ah, it just. Uh, you know, I, I guess it could be labeled as down season. It was looking great. You know, maybe three, four weeks ago, and uh, just uh, too many uh, no shows here in the playoffs, and uh, don't really have uh, too, too much going in championship week. So uh, it's a little bit of an odd feeling this year. You know, I wanted to ease into this, but actually, this is, I think, the right time to ask it. The way the NFFC, and I know you play primarily in the NFFC, uh, yeah. the way that's set up is like an aggregate of all these weeks. Um, and when you're in mm-hmm. week 16 and you're like, you know, I wouldn't say like within reach, but there's maybe like a crazy shot. Do you change your entire outlook and start just like throwing out huge upside plays just to try and and get that score up, or do you just kind of you know steady as she goes? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what a, a huge upside you know play looks like at this point. No, well, like Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts instead yeah. of uh, like Matthew Stafford. I, I would. I would. I would guess that Jalen Hurts. I know you're just using it as an example, but yeah. I would assume that nobody even has Jalen Hurts in the championship rounds in the high stakes market because, you know, you set your rosters three weeks ago and, uh, you know, he, he really wasn't on the radar yet. Are, are you sold so, on Jalen Hurts, by the way? I am not. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I know a lot of us at The Athletic uh, feel the opposite way. I think well, Not your that friend Michael Selfino. Oh, he's against him? I don't think he's against him. I think he just thinks he doesn't have a big career ahead of him. Yeah, I feel the same way, which is odd because me and Salfino usually completely disagree on things. Uh. <laughs> but um, no, I, th- I think he's just, uh, you know, he's caught in the moment. He's one of these quarterbacks that it's a different look for defenses uh, to adjust to right now. They don't have, you know, they didn't the tape on him. And uh, he's having a good run. He's got some good matchups. He's going to have a great championship week matchup here versus Dallas. I'm sure he'll shine again, but I think it's one of those situations where if he goes into next year as a starter uh, by midseason, everybody will be looking to you know uh, get rid of him because teams will figure him out, and I just don't think he's uber talented enough to uh, be a a legit you know starting quarterback in the NFL. Is he uh, like Daniel Jones? I mean, he's a running threat. People have issues with his. Oh, well, they did before these last couple games had issues with his passing accuracy and arm and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that kind of the profile that he fits? Like, yeah, he'll start, and yeah, he'll get you maybe like four to six points in rushing yards every week. But uh, you know, don't expect more than two hundred and twenty passing. 
Yeah, I guess I guess that's fair to say. I mean, I, the numbers that he's putting up now, especially this past week in Arizona, the game script worked out perfectly. You know, they were down big early, had to come from behind. Uh, you know, he uses his legs. Uh, that'll always be there. So, yeah, he'll have that just like Daniel Jones. I guess that's a good comp where he could give you the 50-60, but you'll be frustrated every week. So it's a good run right now. And, and listen, you want to use him championship week? Uh, he might be uh, he, he might be fantasy Santa this year, um, delivering uh, you know people championships. I like how you brought but us in the right long run. The yeah, right. You like that? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah. Because your name is Chris. Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> yeah, I try. Uh, no, but you know what? Long term, I don't see it. That's a bet I'm willing to make. I don't think that he's a you know a big time NFL starting quarterback. People are getting excited right now over him you know it's like the it's the tr- look at the same team it's the travis fulgham effect you know well i think that's a little different i mean i'm trying to use the comparison you know fulgham was uh you know jerry rice to people uh for two weeks and everybody was oh he's a wide he's gonna be a wide receiver one the rest of the season nobody even here is his name anymore so well i mean all those guys came back uh actually i don't know what happened to travis fulgham because he was involved he really like he was super involved but then i guess like Regor came, came back. back into the offense. That's Alshon Jeffrey came back. Yeah, but it was just nah, weird. He's a slug. He, he, I mean, but that's not nice. people came back into the offense, and that's it. Did I ever tell you about the Travis Fulgham card that I purchased on eBay for Jake? Because he was an old Dominion guy? Oh, how much, how much did you spend on it? How much four, did you get robbed for? Four ninety. Well, here's the thing. The card was $4.80 or four ninety five dollars or something. Yeah, I bought right, it on. Uh-huh. I bought it on October 8th. And then that weekend was when he went off. Uh, okay. and then and it went to five dollars and six cents. It went to fifty bucks. Yeah, it did not. It did. Stop it did. It. It, no, it really did. Absolutely and, not, dude. I'm I, telling I, you. Listen. Let me tell you no why. I know. Fo- listen, I own like I own cards that are like really good cards that have no value still, like like really good rookie cards, and I look them up every now and then, and I'm like, really, I could get only a hundred and ten bucks for a Charles Barkley. Yeah, you got the ones that everyone has. I, I mean. There's no way Travis Fulgham's rookie card is 50 bucks. This was an autographed green parallel. You know what? Ask our, our good friend Joey Brown. He's into cards. He'll tell you. Guarantee mm-hmm. it. Anyway, the point is the guy never sent it. And so I'm in this dispute with eBay now. And oh. now it's basically back to being a worth. I bet you it shows up in the mail. Tell them you <laughs> don't want it again now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Keep the five <laughs> tell bucks, Tell them the dispute man. is over. But he tell them, d- you know what? I've, I've told my lawyer to uh, not send you any information. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dropping the charges. Thank but you. Tell you, you what, can keep it. eBay doesn't like they don't seem to care. I mean, I know it's a 4.95 card, but like uh, anyway, whatever. Moving along. Tell them to give you a Jalen Hurts rookie card as a makeup instead. That one's gone bananas. By the way, you can't get that anymore. Either. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a thousand dollars now. It's it's expe- for the ones off that you of, want. That, all right, you know what? We'll, off of one good game. All right, we're going off the can rails. We, can, can we, we help fantasy, fantasy people fantasy first now? Can we can we talk about fantasy? It's championship week, and you're getting off the rails. As so usual. angry that I gotta you reel you back in. Oh, my David Robinson rookie card with a bend in it is only worth two fifty. <laughs> what have I done wrong? Cards are the worst. I'm I Chris spent Ricciaro. my childhood not no. It's Merry aggravating Christmas. because I spent my childhood collecting uh, sports cards and rookie cards for that matter. It was like an obsession of mine for years when I was growing up, and Look I have crates and crates and crates of cards. And the value that they all depreciated through the years is crazy. It's well, you're supposed to do it for fun, you know, not for money. 
No. Anyway, can we talk fantasy? Yeah, we, I want to talk the Bengals and the Jets. Uh, two not great teams that pulled some upsets. Um, I just want to parse out what is football because I think a lot of people who are out of it or you know who are just kind of like relaxing a little bit right now on vacation are watching these games. Um, is there fantasy value in either of these teams? Like you know, parsing out like a big upset <laughs> where a team finally clicks versus. It's so Nando of you to bring up. Let's talk about Jets and Bengals fantasy players. Well, look, it's, it's week No, 16. anyway, listen. Oh, I, 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 will I think say people this. have an idea of who they want to start at this point. But I mean, you yeah. know, maybe if, if you're a huge, if you're a six and seven team that squeaked in and made this glorious run to the playoffs, and you're still mixing and matching, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe there is maybe like all of a sudden AJ Green is clicking with Ryan Finley, and you're like, oh, go get him. Well, I want to know if Brandon Allen's going to come back here. I, I think he's a decent play. Uh, not, not. I'm saying I'm, I think he's a decent enough quarterback to to not kill the wide receivers. So I'll I'll wait and hold off judgment to see because he's got the Texans here in Week 16. I've been having my eye on this game for a couple weeks now, saying okay, because my biggest team has Tyler Boyd and T Higgins on it, and. Um, I was like, all right, if I get to week 16 and I'm in a good spot, I might roll out both these two guys for a little bit of an upside like you were talking about at the top of the show, Nando. You know, do you, do you go upside? Well, if I'm a little bit behind here in an overall, just say, or, you know, for people that have head-to-heads and they see a team that they're maybe a 30-point underdog for, if the situation worked out right, um, you know, I would roll out. Uh, both of them in a, in a championship week and say, hey, listen, maybe I get into a 38-35 game with the Texans here with Watson on the other side uh, that's going to light up the Bengals. Um, you know, and the Bengals, last night we saw Gio Bernard all of a sudden comes back on the scene. It, it's crazy what goes on in fantasy football, Nando. It really is how Gio Bernard, you know, if I had the, my Gio Bernard shares still alive, he'd still be rotting on the bench this past week versus the Steelers. Are you tell, are you kidding me? You're trying to tell me that Gio Bernard versus the Steelers wants to wait until I have this huge two touchdown performance um, when he's done nothing and looked completely out of favor uh, coming into this past week. And then he goes and does that last night. So Bernard is back into the mix as a, as a RB two, I would say going into championship week and with Tyler Boyd and with Tyler Boyd leaving uh, with a concussion last night, you have to assume the Bengals not playing for anything here on a short week. He probably sits out, which means to me, T. Higgins is in a really nice spot versus the Texan secondary, which is absolute garbage. In championship week, even if it is Finley, I would roll out T. Higgins as a solid start this week versus the Texans. Um, and that would be my Bengals situation right there. So I think you are getting a couple players here that on the Bengals that are, are fantasy start worthy in championship week. As for the Jets, no thank you. Your beloved Jets? I mean, listen, I'm sure all the other shows here this week are, are going to be talking about the Jet. What the Jets did is so typical New York Jets. It's an absolute joke. What They, they come out and they win a game, and it, a game that... Everybody that was still alive in Survivor and had the Rams got wiped out. Like, I just saw, like, every – just you took the Rams and you didn't even think about it. You thought it was a free pass to a, a Week 16. The Jets go and win that game and possibly ruin the next 15 years of their uh, franchise's hope for their fans with, with losing Trevor Lawrence and the number one overall pick. They get it's Carson just, Wentz. They could trade for Carson Wentz. Oh. 
Oh, lucky well, them. You said you like that, huh? That, was, good, that was a good grow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll wind up with <laughs> Justin Fields from Ohio State, but I think that's a major, major, major drop-off. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Jaguars can still win a game. Like, I don't know what the big deal is. The Jaguars was it, was it play the, the Jags Bears here in Week 16. The Jags play Bears in a Week 16 in another fantasy-friendly game. Who would have thought that in Week 16 – the Bears would be a hot commodity for a fantasy team. I would have. I know you would have because you're still rocking your Mitch Trubisky that you probably rolled with for 16 weeks, right? <laughs> yes, I am. Actually, yes. I, got a Mitch, I got a Mitch Trubisky, Jalen Hurts team in the final right now. Do you? Yeah. It's great. It's a, it's a two tight end league. And who's your two tight ends? Uh, Kelsey and Waller. And I got Goddard on the bench. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I, might, I, might flex, I might flex Dallas Goddard. Oh, I got Kittle, too. Wait a minute. What kind of team has Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, and Goddard? I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole with you. Are you making this up or not? Yeah, I'm making it up. Of course. I never, anyway. no, I'm not making it up. I don't lie to my friends. Hold on. I'll How do you have those guys? How do you good. have them all? Well, uh, I got Kelsey early. And then right. Waller, I think, was what, like fifth round? Yeah, a little later than that. Sixth yeah. or Kittle, someone dropped in like week eight. We don't have an IR on, okay, so someone so dropped you, Kittle, and you picked them up. And same yeah, thing with Goddard when he was on IR. Wow. This is uh here's here's the imagine the, you might be the only team in America that has the <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Well, here's the lineup that got me into the final: uh, Trubisky at quarterback, Gus Edwards mm-hmm. and Josh Jacobs at running back, Ayuk uh, and Terry McLaurin at wide receiver, Kelsey Waller at my two tight ends, Goddard in my flex, and the Colts DST. And on the bench, yes. I got Antonio Gibson, James White, Jeff Wilson, Kittle, T. Higgins, and Henry Ruggs. I got a dis- some dispatch Henry Ruggs. Yeah, a while ago. Well, he's a good luck charm, <laughs> actually. Yeah, that's what he's 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 a good <laughs> locker room. He's a good locker room guy. Yeah, the guys like having him around, so I think I'll keep. Well, Darren Waller obviously carries you to championship week, and I think Darren Waller going into next season locks himself into the third tight end off the board, Uh, and I think it'll be fairly early. I think Waller has locked himself into a top fifty overall tight end position uh, off the board, maybe even higher. Honestly, not though. The way now that I think about it, he could find himself in the top thirty six. People are going to look at that tight end position and say, hey, listen, I'm not getting caught, uh, you know, in the same situation this week trying to just find points, whether it's off the wire or just getting disappointed every weekend and week out with tight ends given five points or less. Uh, I think the tight end position is going to come back onto the fantasy scene again as a, as a real priority for drafters after well, I think seeing this. You assume like Hawkinson uh... – you know, maybe takes that step forward. Hawkinson, I'm going to love going into next year again. Just like, you know, Hawkinson was my most owned tight end this year. Uh, and he was a solid tight end. Uh, he was pretty good for, for most of the year. Goddard. He'll be a top six tight end. Goddard is the guy, Nando. I'll say that right here, right now. If As long as the Eagles move on from Zach Ertz the way I expect them to, Lock Dallas Goddard into that number four tight end off the board, and uh, he'll be a big target of mine going into next year. I've just, I, I just have this Dallas Goddard, uh, you know, obsession, and um, I think he's super talented. I think he's the next big thing at tight end position as soon as he gets the whole job to himself. What about the Miami tight end? Where'd just you sucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 
Jacecki pulled a quick, uh, a good one. Huh? He got all his uh, managers uh, excited, thinking that on Sunday he was going to play, and then he was on the inactive list. Yeah, that was a shame. So that was a that was a real disappointment. But I mean, like there were some guys you could have grabbed. Who you know? Actually, you should have. Hey, Logan. Ta- listen, Logan, Logan Thomas, Thomas came huh? through clutch for um, you know his fantasy uh, managers in Week 15. That was a big time performance. I guess Dwayne Haskins just uh, locked in on him, and uh, what was it? 13 catches, something like that. I, I 13 catches. I played against him in in the GST semifinal game, uh, so I was looking at my score and just. Who'd you watching. play, Scott Angle? No, the, actually, the we have two different GST leagues, and um, actually, Ronis played Angle in the semifinals nice. uh, in the GST league. Nice, and, uh, and Ronis beat him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um, no, it was the other GST league, uh, the the regular bar league that we've been doing for fifteen years. Oh, nice, and uh, yeah, got Logan Thomas dropped on me, so that was fun. You know who's come back. You know who's been nice and steady? I mean, not like overwhelmingly good, but uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the weekly scoring of tight ends right now. Robert Tunyon. You know, he might quietly be Tunyon's on a team been somewhere. Solid. Yeah. Like, yeah you, I don't know about quietly. There's now? no quietly on a team right now. Tunyon's a, a legit starting tight end for every fantasy team right now. Yeah, he's but he's a, not having like those that 30-point game, you know? Like he's not doing the 100-yard, 130-touchdown game. You know, he's got 9, 12, 12.5, 13.5 points. Yeah, you know what? If you could get 13 points at your tight end position and you're not the Kelsey or Waller owner right now, you take that every single week and run with it to the bank. And that's just the way it is. You know, that's just, there's no other tight ends. Noah Fant finally showed up this past week. Another tight end that I'll be in on again uh, going into next season. But, uh, you know, he gave about 21 points in PPR. Yeah. He buried some team. He's one of those guys like, oh, I went against Fant and uh, uh, who's the other person? And, you know, I'm down 35. Like, what adjustments do I make? Mm -hmm. Um, Tell you what, with the the Christmas Day game and then two on Saturday, if if someone comes to Christopher Carroll and they're like, you know, should I adjust my lineup because I'm down 35? Would you be like, hey, those guys would have scored 35 anyway on Sunday? Or would you say, yeah, go for an upside person? How do you how do you approach that when you're coming in with a hole? How do I approach when say it again, Nando? Like you know, if, so between these three early games, right? If someone's like, "Hey, Chris, oh, I'm, down, fall I'm behind? down forty-one nah. to nothing right now." Yeah, it's. I know what you mean, Nando, but I what do you? I really don't have an answer for that, to be honest with All you. Right. I, you know, you go to the, you look at your team, you play your best players. It's, you know, it, the only adjustment I could possibly make is if I see a player that I might have not been playing against a really bad defense, and I go, hey, listen, if things all work out, just say T. Higgins is my usual fourth wide receiver, like I talked about earlier, yeah. and he wouldn't be in my starting lineup, and I'm down forty-one nothing. And I say to myself, okay, he's playing the Texans, whereas my usual starter is playing, you know, the the, you know, a good defense like the Rams or something. And I I'm like, you know what? He was be good for about 15 points. But T Higgins, if things work out versus the Texans and they get into a shootout, he could go eight for 130 and a touchdown. So let me make that switch once I'm down the 41 nothing. So uh, that's the only thing I would do uh, if. 
if I would do that, Nando. All because right. you know what? You're down 41 nothing. He used the same three players. You could go and, and get it right back. Right, exactly. That's what, like, you know, yeah. were there, would that have happened on Sunday no matter what? Do you think that uh, Zeke Elliott's going to show up week 16? Or do you think Tony, Tony Pollard is going to be, uh, once again, uh, a savior, or, you know, for fantasy teams? I don't know. I, I yeah. like I, I go back and forth like what's you know Mike the Mike McCarthy mindset. What's uh you know like it's just it's so confusing. Like how bad is Zeke's injury? Like maybe maybe he's competitive and wants to get to try and get to a thousand yards. Um, I don't know, man. It just it just I, to me it just looked like that offense was better with Tony Pollard in there. Yeah, I, I have to agree. That's why I brought it up is because you know I saw last night on Twitter people Zeke's contract is through twenty twenty seven. Yeah. And uh, man, oh man, when you look at Tony Pollard, it's like, oof, you know, you got to start questioning if he's better right now at this point. Uh, the explosiveness that he has. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I, I, I kind of did my old, my eye roll at a lot of these people. The, the touchdown run at the end of the game was unbelievable. And he was he's had the early touchdown banked, and, and he was five for about 55 early in the first half with, with catches. So he was right up, right off the bat. He had some really good PPR points, but he had 18 rushing yards, uh, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter <laughs> before that long touchdown run made his box score look phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, he looks really, he, he looked really good. And people drafted Tony Pollard pretty high. He was, he was the top handcuff that people were drafting. Uh, just because he he was that lotto ticket that people wanted in case Zeke went down, and they had to wait fourteen weeks, fifteen weeks for it, and they got rewarded. I I want to say he was uh, RB one right on the day. He gave thirty fantasy points in PPR scoring, so um, y- you know he he could wind up cashing a lot of people's checks uh, if Zeke sits out again. But I have to assume that Zeke. They gave him the week off knowing that if they could win that game versus San Fran without him, that they would go into this huge game versus Philadelphia. As much as the NFC East is garbage, it's still up for grabs with these teams. If Dallas can win the last two and get a couple Washington losses, they'll be right there. You know, it's 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 crazy. That, like What's making this so awesome is that one tie. Like The Eagles tie mm-hmm. is making it so like a little more topsy-turvy than usual. It's very exciting. Yeah, Washington's still in the driver's seat, and they have that winnable game. They they should look at this game as you know everything to them. They they're at home versus Carolina this week. Uh, you know the Washington Washington played hard again. Uh, you know I, I'd rather see them with Alex Smith obviously instead of Haskins, but they made a nice comeback We're versus Haskins Seattle. Yeah, I know. I I don't understand the Haskins love for, with everybody, but. Um, with everybody, <laughs> me and Emery. Oh, you just said yeah, yeah, you and Emery. There you go. Um, but if Alex Smith comes back, that's that's a game they should win. And uh, you know, Philly and Dallas is in a pretty much in an elimination game, and Philly plays Washington in Week Seventeen. So uh, it'll be interesting these last awesome. couple of weeks in the NFC East. Yeah. yeah, hopefully Washington loses versus Carolina and sets up a whole you know set of uh, scenarios in week 17 in the NFC East. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Chris. Hey, Nando. Do you, uh, do you care about going over, like, I, I'll give this to you if you want it, but like the, the highest week 16 scores in the last three years? I ran it just in case you wanted to. The highest week sixteen scores. I, I I will probably remember all of them just for you know what God. Guys, I played against. It. Yeah. Uh, twenty eighteen. So I can I go down to my PPR fantasy points. All right. The top. You're gonna two. go back to the Jamal Charles uh, from what was it 2016, 2015? Well, do want, hold on, you want me to? I can actually run that. No, 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 no. Because you no, don't drag this out. Go ahead, just give me the last couple. It's years. not drag it out. It's a it's a sport radar just runs it. Okay, here we go. I brought it back twenty fifteen. Uh, number one, Todd Gurley in 2017 against the Titans. Oh, of course. 49.6, 10 receptions, 158 yards, 118 rushing yards. <laughs> oh, Gurley won everybody the the, the overalls uh, that year. Yep. Uh, 2016, Adam Thielen against the Packers, 44.6. Oh, yeah. In Green Bay. Yep. 202 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Yep. Number three, Antonio Brown against the Saints in 2018, 44.5. Hmm, 19 Antonio. targets. Yeah. 14 receptions, 185 yards, two touchdowns. That's when Brown and Bell were the top two fantasy players on the same team. Can you imagine that team? That was so crazy. Had? Oh, it really what is crazy when you look back at it and how they just never got to the Super Bowl and would just choke in the playoffs. Uh, I believe it was Jacksonville. That went into uh, Pittsburgh a couple years ago when that Pittsburgh team was loaded, and I was all in on them to go to win the Super Bowl, and they upset them. And then Jacksonville lost to New England the following week in New England. That uh, Thielen, but, that Thielen game, by the way, was a Saturday game. Really? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember that. Uh, maybe we'll think about it off air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Number four, Saquon Barkley against Washington in 2019. Oh, in Washington, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Two total touchdowns, 189 rushing yards. Then Aaron Rodgers has the next two. Your boy, Aaron Rodgers, in 2018 and 2016 against the Jets and the Vikings. Always. A lot of. Ch- oh, number seven, Doug Baldwin, 36.7 PPR points. Remember hmm. that one against Cardinals, 2016? That one, I, that one doesn't jump into my memory, believe it or not. Uh, then we got. Deshaun Watson. Well, you never liked Doug Baldwin. You're never Doug Baldwin. Ever. Deshaun <laughs> no. Watson, Jordy Nelson, Daniel Jones last year. We get Zach Ertz, Jordan Reed, Andy Dalton in 2019 against the Dolphins. Tyler Boyd, Devontae Free. I don't see Jamal Charles on here anyway, man. Actually, you know, no, because you know what? In my brain, I'm, I'm, I just always will remember because I was right there to win the overall that year. And Jamal Charles, I didn't have him. And uh, it actually was week 15 versus the Raiders in Oak, in uh, Oakland at the time. Do you want me to go 15. back to week 15? No. Um, what I do want to talk about is uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks offense and how they came back and put on an offensive display after sleepwalking uh, in the first half the other day in, um, uh, what do you call it, in Atlanta. A tale of two halves. And we finally saw the Antonio Brown game. That uh, people were chasing for. What do you for do weeks. with that? What do you do with that going forward? Was you that go just right, 
You go right back to it because right. you know I I wrote about it a couple weeks ago. Just the way Brady and the um, oh Vaccaro, come on man. I I wrote about this, it. This is way... a classy podcast. <laughs> and winded up your snow globes. Yeah, this what was it. That wasn't an alarm. Like. Was that your text alert? That was my uh, <laughs> that was my phone. No, that was my phone for my uh, uh, alarm that was set for some reason for nine thirty two a.m. Um, all right. Maybe I hit the snooze button this morning. Uh, You're like an interesting guy. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, some some might say. You're on vacation. No, I wrote I wrote about it three weeks ago, and, and I said that look, if you look at the Tampa Bay uh, schedule for the playoffs, it is gold. And uh, that this is the second week in a row. I mean, he they disappointed versus the Vikings a little bit. Some people had the fantasy production, but uh, you you saw them. You know, Brady threw for like over 300 yards in the second half alone, yeah. and uh, you know Evans eight and and Brown eight and and Godwin got in the end zone. So you look up and here in Week 16, if you got these guys again, they're in Detroit. This game should be high scoring. Tampa Bay should put up 35 plus on this Detroit defense, just like the Titans went through them. Uh, the Titans, by the way, what a great fantasy offense, huh? Oh, With Tannehill do- and, and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and the best running back. I mean, that's a fantasy – that's just a fantasy dream, the Tennessee Titans right now. Let me tell you something. Next week, there's a they're going to be a show with me, you, and Moody talking about 2021. But I just – like, A.J. Brown, man, like that's – I don't know what it is. Like, I just want him everywhere next year. Like Where do you put him season. in drafts next year going into the season? I took him in the second round of our mock, right in the middle. I think like big five or six of the second round. But uh-huh. if someone wants to take A.J. Brown at the end of the first round, I'm like, all right, go ahead. Yeah, I think, I, I think people are quick to, to say, oh, he's a first rounder, you know, but then you got to start thinking about the other names, uh, you know, that are going to be at the wide receiver position. So think, you know, Devontae Devont- Adams, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Michael Thomas will be, you know, right there again. DK Metcalf. Should he be? Should Michael Thomas be there? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think so. I, You know, it was interesting. I was thinking about this um, the other day, and I think this is Breeze's last year. I think most will agree, especially if he makes a run to the Super Bowl. I think Breeze hangs it up after this season, especially he's got the contract to be, uh, you know, an announcer um, already locked up. I think Breeze walks away, and I think Winston takes over uh, as the Bucks, uh, as the uh, Saints' starting quarterback. And what does what value does Michael Thomas have with Winston as quarterback? Does it go higher or lower? Because Breeze just, you know, the the rapport he's got with Michael Thomas is unbelievable. We've seen that now for a couple of years, and just Michael Thomas, it's not like he's you know somebody that just. He's catching 40-yard deep bombs all the time. Thomas does it like, you know, 8-yard catch, 12-yard catch, 14-yard. And he just gets peppered by Breeze just all game long target-wise. And at the end of the day, he's, you know, 10 catches for 140 yards on, you know, 16 targets. So, you know, is Winston that type of quarterback that's going to be able to do that? Or uh, I'm interested to see the way the fantasy world and analysts view Michael Thomas going into next year if Winston is, in fact, the starting quarterback. I think, well, I think the, Michael Thomas seems to me like the guy who will get peppered. Like, that's that's kind of like the wide receiver, not making the quarterback, because Winston's had some good years, but mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you go right for him? 
Yeah. Uh, right? I mean, I mean, like, I'm not saying like... that he I'm not saying that he wouldn't. I'm just saying does it fit Winston's skill set to be that type of quarterback that's going to be able to, you know, be accurate short with uh Michael Thomas where he gets all those catches from Breeze. That's you know, Winston Well, I wonder is... like look at TY yeah. Hilton, right? Like how he changed for Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if either Thomas, you know, is probably capable of doing a lot of stuff on the field as a talented wide receiver. And on the flip side of that, maybe Jameis Winston, like this year that he spent behind the scenes and then putting Taysom Hill out in front of him, uh, maybe there's stuff going on, you know, behind the scenes in the background yeah. where, you know. No, you, you have to believe that, you know, he, he spent this year completely learning the system and and training under Breeze and Sean Payton, and that's a good point, you know. There's there's no doubt. I'm sure he's putting in some great work. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton this week actually came out and said that he expects Winston uh, there in good hands with, with Winston going forward. What do you do? Uh, if you're Taysom so, Hill, like, what do you, like, thanks, coach? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, Taysom Hill got his contract. I'm sure he's happy being, uh, you know, getting paid and being rewarded by his team. But uh, and he's and he did well uh, as the starting quarterback up until that last game. But I, I don't know if uh, you know. I think there's more value to the Saints as that Swiss Army knife coming in. Would you start? Uh, you know. Well, wait. Now hold on. Like Taysom Hill, his last game, he looked. I mean, he was 200. He finally looked like a quarterback. Threw the ball 38 times, 291 yards, two touchdowns. Which game is this? First, the Eagles? Against the Eagles. No, he, he looked like crap for the first three quarters, and they came uh, from behind, box and, score and looks he did good. okay. Yeah, I know. Well, that's looking at a box score. Yeah, I know. So, uh, so. You know I don't watch the games. I know, but <laughs> that's that's the difference. You know, They were doing nothing <laughs> on offense for three quarters and, and you know had a decent fourth quarter from behind. Um, I had that more as the game planned well for Taysom Hill because they were facing Jalen Hurts in practice all this time. Okay. I think Sounds that's good. There's, there's no, I think, I mean, let's go back to the original point when we got off track was A.J. Oh, yeah. Brown as a second rounder. And I think that's legit. I think A.J. Brown will be living in the second round uh, next year. He kind so. of like, he's Des Bryant-y to me. Like, he's just a big very, dude who's catching a lot of Des, touchdowns, right? Des Bryant in his prime-ish, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he's only 23. He's not even in his prime. No, the arrow's pointing up. Uh, I mean, he's just an absolute stud, uh, no doubt about it. And he'll be a fantasy monster, a, you know, one of those 1,300-yard, 10-touchdown-plus wide receivers every year. Especially now with Tannehill, you know, having this resurrection and looking good in this offense. It's just tough because when you look at that <laughs> offense, it's like Corey Davis. I don't know why you're laughing. Because I love Corey, you. You're the best. Yeah, I love you too. Uh, Corey Davis now having his, you know, bounce back season from the dead. It's, it's, it's. You know, how high does Corey Davis go next year? It's, uh, you know, how many guys can you take in the first bunch of rounds on the same offense and have them all produce and give you back that value? You know, you Derrick also, Henry's a first rounder. AJ Brown's a first round, uh, you know, first or second rounder. Okay. You could also say Arthur Smith, like if Arthur Smith goes and he's the coach of the Jets, I don't know how that changes the offense. That's definitely, you know, that's why I don't love to to do too much of the look ahead because so yeah, much changes in the off season. That is true. 
Uh, actually, you did, and then I got baited into the conversation. <laughs> so, no, it's true. There's so many things that are variables. You know, the offensive coordinator changes. They bring someone else from outside in, and now all of a sudden I'm like, eh. I always look for that in the off season. If you change your offensive coordinator, I tend to shy away from, the you know, a lot of the players. You know, Derrick Henry probably doesn't change much at all in, 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 with a new offensive coordinator because it's – you know, he's getting his touches. It's not like guy's going to come in and go, you know what we should do is run less and, and throw more. Like, it's Derrick Henry. But, you know, it just takes time for quarterbacks and the offenses to learn the new systems of coaches coming in. And you see that every year where teams struggle offensively for the first half of the season, um, especially if we're going to have COVID issues going into the summer and more restrictions and that's just something for you fantasy people at home listening to. You have to keep an eye on. We saw it with so many offenses this year coming into the season. The way the Giants struggled, uh, the way, um, you know, I, I, I'm, Nando, what other offenses were struggling early? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm blanking. Philadelphia, just, Washington. Uh, just teams Chicago, with new offenses. Yeah, no. I, they were actually pretty good the, early in the season. Were they? Then why they bench Trubisky? That was weird. You know, they they had a good start to the season. I think they were three and zero. They went into Atlanta in the fourth game of the season. Trubisky had a bad first half, and he was benched. And then Foles came in, and they they rode him to a huge second half, and it was his job again. And ultimately, it was the wrong decision based off of that. And, and Foles did nothing after the after that game. And they've gone back to Trubisky, and Trubisky's looked pretty good. Uh, Enough to, they'll probably give him a $100 million contract in the offseason. <laughs> Why not, right? Okay, let's talk about Cam Akers. I want to talk about Drew, I want to bring back to Drew Brees, but let's talk about Cam Akers. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, like, it's just a huge fantasy gut punch uh, when you, you think that you finally have Cam Akers, and he goes and gets hurt in week 15 for a little while. They get a touchdown called back on him. And he was in a smash spot that I thought he was going for 25, 30 fantasy points again on, you know, 20-something-plus carries. He gets nicked up. Game doesn't turn out the right way, uh, the way that Cam Akers' owners uh, were hoping for. And now he's out with a high ankle sprain uh, for Week 16 Championship Week. So, man, it's been a it's been such a struggle if you drafted Cam Akers, especially where he went in drafts this year as a fifth-rounder. If you held on to him all this year— got nothing out of him then then it comes to championship week there's a chance that you sat him in week 14 right nando the first week of the fantasy playoffs 100 percent, yeah i did and and then we're all excited like oh week 15 and 16 i'm gonna have this <laughs> rb1 elite he gets nicked up in in 15 doesn't really produce much and now 16 he's out that's fantasy frustration right there Nando. let me ask you this then yes. would you go run out in week 16 if you're one of those teams that we were talking about earlier uh-huh. Um, well, look at me. All right, I got Gus Edwards. Should I start Daryl Henderson over Gus Edwards? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I would take that shot. I mean, you don't now. You really don't know what is going to happen with the Rams' backfield. You know, you have to assume it's pretty much a split uh, between Henderson and Malcolm Brown again uh, this upcoming week. But uh, you know, who's going to be the lead guy? I'd probably be a hot hand approach. Um, you know, it's uh, it's fifty fifty, but I'd rather I'd rather take my shot with a with a Henderson in this game versus Seattle than uh, Gus Edwards. 
there's no way for me to fit George Kittle into this lineup with Kelsey Waller and Goddard, right? Why you could start all three? You could start three tight ends. Well, tight end, tight end, and flex. Oh, tight end, tight end, flex. <clears throat> yeah. No, if Kittle plays, Kittle's in. Um, I really? Like, you don't think yeah. they're going to like, uh, Yeah, I, I mean, well, I, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I asked What did you here, pick Chris. up in... What did you... What was it? What? I didn't no, hear. go ahead. No, go ahead. What did you pick up George Kittle for eight weeks ago and stash him on your bench and hold him for eight weeks for? Insurance. Okay. <laughs> no, I you're mean, right. Did you think he was, saying... Like, everybody knew he wasn't coming back until... At best, week fifteen. So you that was what? my advice. Was hey, seven weeks ago was hey, listen, it's a it's a it's a dangerous proposition to hold them this long. But if you have that one empty spot at the end of your bench, go ahead, you can carry him and hope that he's back week fifteen. And if he was back week fifteen, you'd have to throw him in there. But it was with the thought process in my mind that okay. If he's back in week 15, he knocks off the rust. Now you have an elite tight end one for championship week in week 16 where he could give you that 20, 25 points. Right. So, um, I mean, hey, you, you held him all this time, Nando. And, and if he's back, which I'm still not sold on. I know he got back to practice in late last week. But, I mean, yeah, but if, you know he's what? Not, if he's not 100%, why would the Niners risk him at this point? They're done. Inside injuries said that he's got a different kind of, like all the every other week someone asks in the mailbag about Kittle's injury, and mm-hmm. it's it's the same answer every time. It's that his foot injury isn't your typical foot injury. It's totally different than the Liss Franks and the Jones fractures that we see. Um, like a midfoot something something, but like when it heals, it heals. Like when when it's done, like you're good. Like there's not even like I'm sure there is a risk of aggravation, but right. Um, when you hit that date, and that date for them was week 16, mm-hmm. uh, you're good. Like you're you're just you're back to normal. Listen, so three weeks, three weeks ago, this guy was running and feeling good and reporting, yeah. hey, I feel really good. I'm way ahead of schedule. That was three weeks ago. So I can imagine that he's, you know, they're probably pumping the brakes on him, trying to hold him back because I'm sure the Niners are like, hey, listen, we really don't want you to play <laughs> like we're out of it. You know, we lose two more here. We get a better draft pick. There'll be a top 10 pick. What's the point of bringing Kittle back? Now, I know Kittle is an animal and like one of these football crazed diehards that was dying to get out on the field. But if they can just rein him in and just be like, dude, hit the offseason 100% healthy. We don't need you getting hurt uh, again or re-aggravating anything going into the offseason. I'm sure they would prefer that, especially with Debo out and, um, you know, not much going on in that, in that uh, you know, in San Francisco. Yeah, I get like I get like so when people are like, why would these guys come back? Like I, I get it though, you know, like why would Ezekiel Elliott come? Well, they're paying for a title, but mm-hmm. like uh, you know, why would why would he come back? It's, it's you just you're a football player, you know, you want to play. It's yeah, hundred percent. I get it, yeah, and get especially it. Kittle is. I mean, Kittle's that that Kittle's that guy. You know, he just loves football. He loves playing. He's you know one of, one of those. So he's dying to get back out on, on the field. I'm just saying, it's, San Francisco front office must really. Be talking to themselves, going, man, I really wish he wasn't ready right now. Could go into the offseason without playing him. I mean, it's like, you know, if, if you were sick, you had the flu, and you know, all the guys are going out drinking, and you're like on, you know, the tail end of it. Like, I think I'm okay. This should be fun. You know, like, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, the same, it's the same thing for him, except it's football. Yeah. No, 100%. Can't, can't argue that. Wow, do you realize that Allen Robinson is playing Jacksonville, his former team that he's going to want to stick it to in week 16? 
uh, in a dream matchup for him. Uh, for fantasy owners that have Allen Robinson, I mean, I he's got to be a top four play at the position this week. All right. Thanks for go. that advice. <laughs> what are they going to do? No, I'm just saying. Uh, well, I, I mean, Allen Robinson versus starting Jacksonville. Allen Robinson. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Do you think he cares? Like three years later, he's like, I'm just, I hate you, Jacksonville. Hey, listen, everybody wants to play that revenge narrative. This is a big time revenge narrative, yeah. I feel like he doesn't like Chicago as much as he doesn't like Jacksonville at this point. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> yeah. Like Although, you know, they gave him Trubisky. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe he likes Trubisky a lot more than Foles. And maybe that was kind of like, I mean, the same time you were hearing him complain about stuff, they're like, hey, we're going back to Trubisky, everyone. Maybe there's something there. Yeah, I, I think Trubisky's doing a good job of targeting him. I mean, he only had four for 83 this past week uh, in another smash spot versus the Vikings. Yeah. The Bears just have the, the Bears are just taking advantages, uh, taking advantage of their schedule right now and the bad defenses that they're playing week in and week out. And just the same way I talked about Tampa Bay, Chicago was that other team that I, I was like, you know what, it's Tampa Bay and Chicago have the best playoff schedules. You know, going into it, and here we go. Chicago smashed two weeks in a row. Um, you know, what was frustrating about that Chicago game because I rolled out Trubisky in my semifinal game that I was just talking about that I lost. Um, All right, he wasn't. I'm sorry, you if you know, don't want to talk about this, we don't have to. <laughs> they, he just didn't put up the fantasy points. They got down, you know, inside the red zone so many times and had to settle for field goals. Or Mon- Montgomery ran it in, which was great for Montgomery owners who had another. Did you know that Montgomery is RB6 in PPR this year, right now, after 15 weeks? I'd buy it. He's an elite RB1. Let me tell you something. I'm in the star stock competition, and I know you hate talking about this, but there's a point. Um, it's it's So star stock is the Nigel Eccles, who founded and created FanDuel, uh, is part of this. It's a trading card site, better than eBay, uh, I think, that they had, like, the cards are in a vault. Blah blah blah, whatever. But you could you could buy and sell them in real time, you know, like so you don't have to worry about like shipping or winning auctions or whatever. Um, I I went and got so I'm in this competition. I'm in second place. First place wins a Mahomes rookie card, like a seven thousand dollar Mahomes rookie card. Mm. Um, I'm in second. I think I'm in line for Lamar Jackson. But I got these like I bought these David Montgomery cards for like four dollars each. Um, weeks ago, like when he was at his lowest point, right. and it, like every time he scores a touchdown, every for the last three weeks. I've gotten an email like you've received a new offer on your David Montgomery card. Ever like I, people are on David Montgomery again, but it's like it's crazy how off they were, considering how on they were like, two years ago. With the, I think we talked yeah, about it on the a, show before. It's the Montgomery roller coaster because every draft season, everybody like goes to bat for him, you know. But and like, then why? Like, October rolls around, and it's like, why did I waste this fourth or fifth round draft pick on Montgomery? It's such a bad pick. He does not, you know. And then. You know, you look up and here we are, RB six. You know, yeah, but it should steady. be a surprise. He it hasn't should be been a terrible. surprise. Yeah, that's it. Ah, People just want to dump on these guys in fantasy and wait for the next big thing. And mm. like you have that, Montgomery is the next big thing. He's really like twenty three and a talented running back, okay. right? Twenty four. Where do you put him in drafts next year? Uh, first round, right? Right before Jalen Hurts. No, no, no. I Move. think he'll be third round. <laughs> I think he'll be third. But again, like, what if they fire Nagy? I think Nagy's making a run to save his job for another season right here late in the season. Um, but that offense, again, that offense take, still look good. Yeah. I mean, you look 
a lot better than you are, I think, versus bad defenses, and that's what they're doing right now. You know, where was this during the season? Remember, in the middle of the season when they uh, couldn't get a first down and they were three and out. They made the Nick Foles mistake. Well, I mean, I don't know how much different they would have looked with Trubisky either. We got to wrap this up, Chrissy. Ready? Yeah. Can you believe it? Look at your clock. Crazy, man. I know. Any final? This is this is it. This is it for the Christmas Carol Nando show. Yeah, for now. Yeah. yeah. Well, as always, next season, right? I'm gonna love it when you find out. Like you wake up one day and find out that there has never been a podcast. You've just been talking to yourself, and I've been dead all this time. That's how I want this to end. <laughs> what did you just say? And I've Another. been dead all this time. <laughs> just, just wake up from that alternate universe. Yeah, like you're you're, you're along you're. You're in an Inception dream, and that alarm was trying to pull you out, and you just ignored it. Mm. Wow, that must have been some sleep. I guess I've yeah. been in a coma. Maybe maybe this is my coma. Maybe that'd be funny, yeah. You wake up, oh, what about my show? Hey, what day you know is it? would be funny? You know it would be funny <laughs> if you were in a coma? <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that joke. What you are, did. Yeah, that sounded yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, Inception is uh, you you go under on purpose, so you put yourself in. Anyway, I don't want to get into the Christopher Nolan yeah, universe. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for joining us. I hope this is informative and uh, entertaining. Shout out to Joey Brown. He's the man. Good luck, yes. right? Isn't he? Isn't he Joey about to? Joey Brown ma- making a good run at the uh, the overall in the NFFC. So uh, and, and a loyal listener to the pod. So uh, uh, you know, I call him a good friend. I mean, you're just he's just I'm a just listener. Saying, to you. Yeah, like, good friend, good friend and yeah. good friend and loyal listener. So yeah. and and shout out to him because uh, he he's having a hell of a season. We're playing. If it can't be Chris, I'm happy it's Joey Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Okay. On that note, <laughs> uh, I, this, is, this is a fun show. I hope everyone enjoyed it. You know, it, we had Emery Hunt and then just kind of, you know, he went to CBS and we kind of just had to let Chris have the show. And it turned downgraded. out all right. Yeah, you, you guys <laughs> downgraded to me. It's like no, the backup really, quarterback. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I hope everyone else did. Just the, the fun that we had doing the show. I hope it translated into listening. Um, good luck, everyone. Week 16. May your teams uh, not have Cam Akers and be full of tight ends in a two tight end league. Uh, we'll see you soon. There's another show coming next week with uh, Eric Moody in the mix. And then uh, question mark, question mark, question mark. Until we meet again. Chris, any parting words? Uh, no, it's been a hell of a ride. And I appreciate uh, all the listeners and the nice words and, and uh, you know, each, each week. And uh, good luck in championship week and in the offseason. If I can help you in any way, reach out to me. And uh, we will uh, we will do our best to help you. And shout out Beller. Beller behind the, behind behind the, the scenes, ones and twos. The man. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you. We enjoyed this. We hope you did. Good luck. Uh, happy holidays. Season's greetings. And goodbye.